0: Welcome to Politics. Welcome to right. Politics. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Of course, good morning to the United States of America. And good morning to the rest of the world. We are going to have a great program for you today. We have some coverage on the media that I'm going to do a little bit later. But anyhow, folks, before we get any further want to wish a very good morning to our geniuses in the studio. Good morning, geniuses. How are you doing, Senor Howard Reynolds and Jacques Van Bebber?
1: Well, good morning, Egberto. We managed to swim into work today. Uh, the folks on the freeways were behaving themselves, although I did see seen a couple of incidences along the way. So if you're out there driving along, please just slow it down, man, because it's, it'll still be there when you get there. No problem.
2: All right, Jack, you got some wisdom for us yet? Yeah. Good morning. You better
0: tell How are you? I'm doing fine. Buenos dias. How is my brother doing?
3: I'm doing
2: good. I'm doing good. Uh, Okay. What has, what is America today? What have we become? Are we so business minded and profit centered that we've lost our compassion for the rest of the world and its peoples? What about our huge American ego? We're exceptional. We're number one. We dominate. Therein lies the problem. We dominate. We need to check our humility in the world. We need a country that will pull the rest of the world up instead of making it into their empire. We've got to love the world, not dominate it. I love that.
0: I love that. And, you know, to get there, we have to have a population who's ready to accept a few realities, you know, because our media share doesn't do a good job. Thank you for that, Jack. I mean, I think that's an important commentary. Anyway, folks, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today's topic is Maryland Governor Westmore slams mansion and new labels. Of course, new labels. Mean, well, we'll go into that later. Centrism is an ideology. And I think I'm going to start with that one, if I can go ahead and find it again. And the timid media danger. I mean, uh, there is this article that, you know, I like the the, the one of the rags that I like to read is one called um, Common Dreams. And they had a piece on the media that I think it's super important that uh, that everybody reads, I think. Well, I, actually, we're going to go over it in, in detail because most when we go out there with our peers, and sometimes we blame X, Y, and Z for this, or blame X, Y, and Z for that. Two, one of the reason, one of my humilities come from realizing that we're all informed. From different places. We're all reared from different places. And how do you hold one accountable when that's what they know? And that is what they know from the sources they respect. And how can you, an arbitrary person, come in and get into that domain when, again, what they have is from the sources they trust? It takes a hell of a lot of humility to go in there and take it. You know, yesterday uh, we had the Peace and Justice Center Awards at, uh, at the the uh, the Peacemaker Award at the Peace and Justice Center um, last night. And interestingly, or I should say last evening, and interestingly, our national awardee was the Texas Observer. And it was a Texas observer because under the tutelage of Gabriel Arianna, uh, they've been doing some very good work in Texas where we have so much misinformation, where the, the press, for all practical purposes, are scared of the uh, Republican establishment. They counter these guys who are about to close. Remember, I had Gabriel on. When they they were about to shut the door, when their board shut them down, and they brought out a a, a notion, uh, or they had a GoFundMe and raised three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in one uh, day. Uh, Alistair, YouTube is not uh, functional. Let me go ahead and make sure that I I, I think uh, I think what happened last night is that we had um. We, we, I wasn't broadcasting on all networks last night from the Peace and Justice Center wards and in the process I think I shut off two avenues. So what I'm going to do I'm um, thank you for telling me that you should be transmitting on YouTube now. <laughs> thank you for telling me that we're transmitting on all channels right now. Good. Good. Thanks for letting me know that. Um anyhow so we honored The Observer yesterday for that great reporting they are doing along with three other um, great candidates. But again, the media's work is very much lacking right now. So where I want to start, I want to start with uh, Wes Moore. I want to play that. And then we'll go into uh, the rest of the story. And if we don't get to everything, please remember you can go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Politicsdunwright.com slash newsletter. We have all the videos and everything to cover what we're talking about today. But without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to the piece that we did on Westmore yesterday. Maryland Governor Wes has a warning for Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin don't destroy your legacy. Don't be foolish. Don't run as a third party. I want you to see how he warns Joe Manchin and then what he has to say about Biden. And you know, for the most part, well, I tell you what, let's go ahead and listen to what he has to say. Then I have quite a bit to say on the other side. Check this out.
1: So, what about Manchin? Joe Manchin announced he's not running for reelection to the Senate. He's clearly talking about running for uh, a party as a, running for president as a third party ticket, no labels. He's talking about trying to uh, have a movement to mobilize uh, the middle in this country. What, what's your message to Joe Manchin? My message to, to Joe Manchin is I, I thank him for his service. Uh, I think he's had a, a year, a, a career of distinguished service. 42 so years in public office. That's right. Both as governor, senator. Uh, I would urge him not to mar his legacy by getting involved in something so foolish. So uh, foolish, why? Because if you look at what No Labels says, No Labels literally has no plan, has no path, has no policy platform. They don't even have a candidate. What no labels is, it's a it's a it's a configuration made up of dark money that won't disclose its donors, but is frankly just going to simply hand an election off by 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 being able to not actually come up with a solution, but just continuing to throw wood into this flame of disillusionment. It is how not much, real. How much of a threat, though, is the idea of a no labels candidate, Cornell West? Uh, you have Jill Stein running again as the Green Party candidate or running for the Green Party nomination. Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is out there. Could we see third party candidates cost Biden his election, actually get Donald Trump back in the White House. No, because I, I think what, what President Biden is going to continue to show is that results do matter. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to, to say we're going to rail against the system. Um, and it's another thing to actually work to make systems better. And that's what I think President Biden has continued to show. You know, When you think about the the bills that he has passed, the work that he has done all throughout this country in urban, rural, and suburban parts of this country about economic growth and economic upliftment, about being able to make sure that people's freedoms are actually protected and everybody is seen in conversations and not just some. That's what President Biden has been able to push on. That's what he's been able to get done. Not rhetoric, not hand-wringing, not not fist-banging, but actually real productive results for the people of this country. And so I think all the other things will just sound like noise, while President Biden's results will sound like actually what they are, real productive momentum for the people of this country.
0: Now, uh, yes, Westmore is right. Joe Manchin needs to sit his butt down. The reason he left the Senate, the senatorial race, was because there's not a chance in hell that he was going to beat The governor, I think the current governor of West Virginia, who has decided to run for the Senate seat, he's going to get his clock cleaned by him. But that's that's not the issue. A lot of these these senators and congresspersons, uh, they just believe that they have to be in power all of the time. So let's that is even besides the point. The reality is as follows. He. Uh Westmore is correct for telling him, don't run. You'll likely hurt not only by you just hurt our basic body politic. And when Westmore goes ahead and enumerates the accomplishments of uh the president Biden, the one thing he forgot to say was that those accomplishments in those two years, some of them went reverted right back to how things were before because. Of Joe Manchin, the guy who would want us to believe he wants to run as a third party for president. So as he criticizes Manchin, that is, the state of our economy, the state of many workers, etc., what he forgets is that much of that problem was created by his lack of continuing with the progressive agenda. That President Biden was in invoking based on what the Progressive Caucus convinced him to go with, because these are things the American people want. What's more is a bit uh more optimistic or rather a bit too rosy, however, on the accomplishment given the regressiveness of what has occurred. After the pandemic, uh, monies have really started to expire, to run out, to no longer be stimulative to the economy. Things like not getting the support for daycares, etc. Now that that is gone, and and Mansion refuses to put it up, things are not looking as good as it was for many. So while in the aggregate the economy is doing fine, I think Westmore would do better to have said. That those problems that we're having today are because of mention and cinemas inability to fulfill what Americans want. But most importantly, realize that what Biden did was under the auspices of progressives. Now, that said, let's be clear here. There is another issue looming over the horizon, and that is Israel, Israel, Gaza, Palestine, Hamas. Uh, The rest of the world, maybe not the president, the president in that respect is displaying the old adage that people had of the Middle East. We could tell the people in the in, in, in the. Uh, in America, don't don't believe what your eyes are seeing because this the IDF Netanyahu, the Israeli government is doing what's right. And Americans just bought it. But now they have not only the eyes that they can see from Google satellite, they also have. All the images coming in from people's cell phones all over Gaza as they are seeing the suffer suffering and deaths of 11,000 Gazans. Yes, 1,400 Israelis were murdered. Innocent Israelis were murdered. But when you talk about simply going in then to Gaza, claiming to go to kill the others, and it turns out this way, Americans... The young people, many people of color, they actually see what Biden doesn't want you to see in his quest to appease Netanyahu. And I don't know if that stance is maintained, if he has the votes of those that he will need And you may say, so where are they going to go? Are they going to go to Trump? No. They'll stay home. They'll throw their hands up and say, c'est la vie. What will be, will be. After all, you know, uh, this is what they're seeing. So uh, what's what's more, we'll do well. I mean, he's correct with wanting to get rid, uh, wanting Mansion not to run. He's correct that. The first two years of the Biden presidency, because of the stimulative effect created by the progressive policies he passed based, uh, based on what the progressives asked him to pass, was great. But where the failure is are two places. One, Manchin was highly responsible for the current decline and the re- increase in poverty of many. Manchin. A Democrat was responsible for that by not supporting the bill. And secondly, Biden's Israel stance will cost him. And I I hope America sees that. I hope Biden understands that before it's too late. Welcome aboard, Alistair Waters. We also have in the house, Paul Fleming Sr. Por de Atlanta. Georgia, thank you guys for being here as well in the chat. You know, a lot of folks are kind of talking about no labels and mention because they think the country wants to move to this mythical center. You see, we have a mythical center that people like to talk about. Folks, there ain't no center. Welcome, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. There ain't no center. The truth of the matter is America tells you where they want based on all the polling that was done. I want you to listen to our, this is one that I taped, and this was a while back. Now that they're talking a lot about new labels, et cetera, et cetera, I wanted to talk about um, this myth that somehow America is trying to find a way to move to this mythical center that doesn't exist listen to what um maurice mitchell the national director of the um work in family families party has to say and then we'll take it on the other side
4: these narratives carry with them all types of political interests talking about electability in that one word is sort of sandwiched in that word are all of these biases, right, and all of these political interests, right, and we have one of the most crucial decisions to make. Our country is choosing to either go further towards neo-fascism, return back to the sort of like third-way triangulation of sort of corporate Democrats, or take a leap forward towards more more progressive, more inclusive more socially democratic country. Those are our three very stark decisions that we're making. The the intervention I think we need to make is around this question of electability or what it takes to actually beat an ascended white Christian identity movement that Trump wrote to the White House. My instincts, as as well as the data, right, because I I would say that I haven't seen any data that suggests that, because there's like 15% of people who aren't either like Democrats or Republicans, They're often called centrists, right? In order to be a centrist, you need to have a pretty nuanced ideological understanding of the left and the right to choose to, for some reason, become equidistant between them. That's not what's happening with those folks. These are everyday folks who are just trying to get through their day and who have some like ideologically discordant views, right? They believe some really liberal things and some kind of conservative things. The the thing that helps people cohere a political identity is organized. You, the way that you organize people is by presenting a dramatic, positive vision for their future, and working hand in hand with them to build it. And so, presenting people with small, poor solutions or ferrying them to the to the uh, to the voting booth. It's not going to be enough to build a movement of people. You might get them to vote, maybe, but you're not going to get them to volunteer like hell to bring other people in their communities and to, uh, into the fold and to have the necessary conversation in their churches, uh, in their in Thanksgiving, in order to shift shift folks towards our side. The only way that could happen is by actually saying and, and standing on what we actually want right? And so there's a lot of folks who are fearing us from doing that in the in the interest of false unity. Whenever anybody talks about unity, it's it's actually surrender, right? Whenever I've had a conversation about unity, right? it's actually And whenever anybody talks about ideology, they're always talking about, like, progressives, right? For some reason, (laughs) the radical centrists don't have ideology, right? (laughs) It's like, you're being way too uh, ideological because we're talking about our values. They're talking about their values, right? They're talking about their corporate values. And so, to me, the intervention needs to be, like... Uh, we need to demystify some of these terms and stop pretending that these are neutral terms, these are loaded terms, these are political terms that are designed to steer us towards a particular politic. Right? And we need to resist that. And if we look at the data and we want, if we want to win, those 15%, that's like my cousin who is a manager in, in at McDonald's and is uh, in her late 20s and is a single mom. She's Not super ideological. She needs to be organized. I I post stuff on Facebook, and every twentieth post, she's like, "Yeah, does right." She's not reading the Washington Post op-ed section, right? So, like, it's our job to engage with her where she's at, and then present her like a positive vision of where we need to go that actually meets the scale of her problems.
0: And that is the point and that is the point we have to start reaching people where they are we have to start reaching people where they are anyhow um let's let's uh, remember folks the call in number is 713 526 5738 again that number is 713 526 5738 uh anyhow um The the other subject that I want to cover has a lot to do with the media, okay? Because the first two things that I covered are important, right? Manchin trying to be that center candidate because according to Manchin, things are gone so much to the left that we somehow have to centralize things, not realizing that what Americans have asked for were these values that the people, progressives, have been putting out. They, they, they wanted that child care. They got it. They wanted uh they, they wanted school relief. They got it until the Republicans and the right took it away and Manchin didn't do anything to uh, get it back. They wanted to ensure that they had good health care. A, a lot of the the policies that were passed are no longer in effect, so many people are now losing the Medicaid expansion that they had during the pandemic. All these great things that happened under progressives Progressives that, re- that significantly reduced poverty in our country. Significantly reduced poverty in our country are now gone because of Manchin, a Democrat, and Cinema, a former Democrat. And it is Manchin who thinks we want to centralize again on the center? What center are we talking about? But anyhow, it gets worse in before it'll get worse before it'll get better. And one of the reasons has to do with an article that I read called As the World Burns, a cowardly news media endangers U.S. democracy. And. Uh, the subtitle for that that article in uh, Common Dreams, and for those of you who are um, who are looking for alternatives to, let's say, the 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 Post or the New York Times or any of these other rags that are out there, important rags, good rags, but that simply has messaging too often too bland, mild, or defensive or timid. Common Dreams is a rag you should read. The DailyCoast.com is another rag you should read because what you get there is you, you get a lot of the reporting from these majors, which have the funding to get the reporting. But then you are able to give the truthful analysis for what these guys are saying, which is absolutely necessary. But anyway, starting, it says. There was a shocking and incredibly important story on the front page of the New York Times last week. As reported by an A-team of journalists, including two Pulitzer Prize winners, the Times warns its readers that Donald Trump, if returned to the White House in 2025, is grooming a new team of extremist government lawyers who would be more loyal to their dear leader than to the rule of law. You say you didn't hear anything about this? That's not surprising. The editors at The Times made sure to present this major report in the blandest, most inoffensive way possible. Staying true to the mantra in the nation's most influential newsrooms that the 2024 election shouldn't be covered any differently, even when U.S. democracy is on the line. Trump allies want a new style of lawyer if he returns to power, was the original online headline for the piece, as if maybe they were talking about colorful, drawling Southerners with sucking suits rather than rabid dog ideologies who would do the dirty work of overturning an election that career government attorneys refused to do before January six two 2021. That new style of lawyer, pro-Trump America first, zealots who think the ultra-conservative lawyers bred in the federal society are too soft to carry out their leader's autocratic call for a final battle against traditional democratic governance that he calls the deep state, was described numbingly by the Times as more aggressive legal gatekeepers. Let me let me dissect that paragraph. They're saying. They're saying, Donald Trump, who would purport purport to be a conservative, and as we know, the Federalist Society is that legal arm that gives these folks which judges to appoint, which lawyers you should use, etc. Donald Trump doesn't want anything to do with the Federalist Society anymore. Those guys are not extreme enough. They are not autocratic enough so he says to hell with the federal society if i'm reelected again i am going with their dangerous anti-democratic mission so their dangerous anti-democratic mission was blandly outlined as a plan to take control of the government in a way unseen in presidential history that's where we have now come into office assuming trump were to win I'm picking on this article one article in the Times as it's timid, inoffensive packaging, not because it is unique, but because it is far too typical right now in one of the most perilous moments of crisis the world has seen in 75 years and with the basic notions of free speech and under assault most newsrooms aren't fighting back. They're instead pulling their punches in a defensive rope-a-dope, crouch, and thus failing to truly inform when democracy is at risk. Mark Jacob wrote the following. I want you to listen to this tweet. It says, this New York Times story uses over-tidy language. I'll translate. And this is what he wrote in the tweet. It was great. A new style of lawyer is equal to fascist lawyer. Aggressive legal gatekeeper equal to Roy Cohn-style crooked lawyers taking control of the government in a way unseen in presidential history equals overthrow democracy. The article was bland. I'm going to continue with the other things that are missed throughout our media. But beforehand, let me jump ahead and go on to the mayor of politics and right in Johnny, who is on the line. And then we'll follow up with Harry. Come on in, Johnny. And by the way, folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738. Love to hear your calls, your thoughts. I want to hear from you. 713-526-5738. Come on in, Brother Johnny. Good morning, Governor. Good morning. No, you're the governor. Come on in, brother. Oh, you're the mayor. Come on in.
3: Mayor. I'm Mayor McKee. You're the governor of Texas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talk anyway, to me,
3: Johnny. Uh, Joe Manchin. When every time I hear that name, I visualize that crew cut of his, that buzz cut. So here's a weird-ass Venn diagram, if you will, of the intersection of literal haircuts and political haircuts. I know a lot of people my age can relate to this. I was born in 59. In fifty-four, when the Beatles came over to the United States with their, with their mop tops, I mm-hmm. was still getting crook cuts. Not of okay. my own choice. It was forced upon me by my daddy, who would bring me to the barber, and every time he brought me to the barber, it was always a crook cut, always a buzz cut or whatever. I hated it because I looked stupid, and I looked like I uh, I didn't have the language for it back then. I didn't know the word, but back then I would have called it a republican or a conservative and i didn't feel that way and uh every single time and it took it wasn't until 1967 or 1968 several years after the beatles made that longer hair uh fashionable that i was after begging and pleading that with the help of my aunts who were more liberal and liked beatles music by the way and they liked the Motown and they knew all the popular music. My mother didn't, my dad didn't, but they did. And between that and my aunt, I was, my, fa- my dad finally caved in and I was able to grow my hair a little bit longer, me and then my brother. So, what I'm saying is, when we hear Joe Manson and he talks about how he wants to be thinking about the, the, the affairs of the country and he's thinking about running, putting his hat in as through no labels, and I'm thinking, this guy with a buzz cut wants to force his ideology, his sensibilities on Americans who don't want a buzz cut When We don't want a political haircut. We want to grow our hair long and natural the way it's supposed to be because we're animals after all. There's nothing feminine about it. It's just what it is. We can't keep uh, trying to dominate mother nature. You keep know, the Lord, as Netanyahu likes to do. Political uh, haircuts, no.
0: You know, uh, Johnny, that is the reason that I played. That is the reason that after I played Joe Manchin, I played Maurice Mitchell from the Working Families Party and the speech that he gave. That speech, you know what's so funny about it? I I was thinking about it when I played it Friday as well. I was thinking on on, on the 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 three o'clock show. I was thinking about it because that was and and hear this, brother. That was four years ago. And nothing leading up to this election has changed that reality. And I find that sadly sad. And it has a lot to do with the third part that I'm talking about, which is the New York Times and how and and the Washington Post and how they're blandly reporting the dangers that we're in right now. Continue, Johnny.
3: I will close and say that uh, I would like to mass produce a whole bunch of bumper stickers that say "Political Buzz Cuts No," Egberto for Governor Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I have no desire for politics. Uh, not only that, my mouth's too big. But anyhow, brother, thank you so kindly for calling in, oh, brother now, Johnny.
5: How about put on
3: a barber's uniform? How about you and I put on a barber's uniform and we start giving buzz cuts to all the Republicans and the centrist Democrats who pretend to be. And you know what? Right.
5: I like
0: that. You know what? It's a good but, thing. You remember those days? I'm coming to you, Harry. You remember those days, Johnny, when you go to the barbershop and that's where you sit down and you have all these conversations? Given that we're going to give cruel cuts to Republicans and centrists, you and I get a chance to talk to them. So I like your idea. Have a great one, Johnny.
3: And most them, we need to identify yeah.
0: them easily. Got- <laughs> <laughs> we all right, Johnny. Right. Johnny, got to go to <laughs> Harry. Thank you, brother. Harry, come on in, brother.
2: Thank you, Mayor of Politics Done Right, with your analogies of buzz cuts and crew cuts. They do <laughs> know. You inform us, as always, with your knowledge. And I want to say good morning to the two geniuses in the control room, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Dever, with Jack Van Dever's wisdom as usual, and Politics Done Right operator, Igberto Willy. Muchísimas gracias, hermano. Go ahead, brother. Talk to me, Harry. Okay, what I'm gonna say is, I know, Iberto, you saw the movie New, the uh, Star Wars prequel, New New Hope, with, um, uh, um yeah, uh, the the in 1977, you were around then, as I as I was. Well, the reason I'm bringing that up is joe manchin and kirsten Sinema, and there and joe biden is also included in this as well is han solo said to uh um luke skywalker when they were in the um um uh they were in the death star boy you said it Julie, where did you dig up that old fossil? Well, Joe uh, <laughs> Manchin has old fossil ideologies with his centrist ideas. He is out of touch with most progressive American people who do not want his old fossil ideas. He was against Bill Back Better. He was against unions. He's for low taxes for the rich. And what you're always talking about on this show how they rip off the American taxpayer all the time. Um, and, and on your three o'clock show as well. That, that's, that's what he's for. He does not, as, as the woman who just went off who preceded your show. Joe Manchin does not connect the dots. He, he's all, he's, and then he is against renewables. Um, uh, that was also in the bill back better bill because it takes money out of his. Um, company, his coal plant company, which is and uh, which you know a lot about, being the electrical engineer that you are, or electrical mechanical engineer that you are, that it's bad for the environment, um, and he just wants to continue that kind of old technology status quo type thing because it puts money into his pockets. It, so, you know that, and so he's out of touch of trying to make this a better climate for um, uh, most Americans, and he doesn't want tax ta- tax breaks on hardworking Americans, and he's just trying to dupe and fool people, just as you uh, talked about with Donald Trump there with the Federalists, because they are not extreme enough and far right enough for for them.
0: You know, uh, let me just tell you, Harry. You're correct, and here's the funny thing about it: the man has to pay for his Maserati and his yacht. Okay, come on that's now, it. let the yeah. man.
2: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, and, and he, he wants to keep this old status quo type, a um, yes. um, uh, business going model, so he can pay for that um, Maserati it. and yacht. There so you go, like Harry. He want that that, that he wants and Harry, cinema, him Kirsten says, Harry, thank you.
3: Harry, our lines are filling up.
0: Everybody. Our lines are filling up, Harry. I, got to I gotta question. go. Can I say one quick thing? Oh, sorry. Donald, come on in, Donald, come on in. Good morning. Hey, in so, Mark. Good morning, today? Donald. Hold on a hold on a second. Let me just tell um tell uh tell Brother Harry something. Hey uh, sorry for the, the the quick drop, Harry. But uh, you know, I think uh, control thought I was absolutely ready. Then thank you, buddy. Come on in, Donald.
3: Okay, how many wings does a bird have?
0: Oh man, you're gonna put me. You're gonna you're gonna let me look dumb, man. Bird uh, has I, I, two wings to be able. Oh, to it's fly, two wings. Okay. Right? Well, you our know, nation, hey.
3: Okay, our what is our national bird?
0: I told you you're gonna let me look stupid.
3: It's an eagle, right?
0: That's right, the eagle, yeah.
3: So why don't we get rid of the bald eagle and just put a parrot up there? Because everybody's <laughs> on the right wing and the left wing. The eagle can't even fly. You got people telling it what it's going to do, and all it does is sit up there on a perch and crap on all of us that are down below, and then you got the guy with the blue uh – what is that blue arrow? What's that blue arrow, prime? He's trying to yeah. stick it to all of us. Nobody's doing nothing. About it. He's canceled out all the companies that were on the internet. I mean, these people are getting away with murder of everyone. And we're having to go through where now it's a few people on the middle of the eagle trying to get it to do something. And nobody even believes in it anymore. So just throw a parrot up there, throw him some chips, and be done with it. Because
0: that's what we've got. You know, well, you know what? Let me just say now on the positive front, Donald, uh, you know, um, those. (laughs) Let let me, let me let me go to the positive front. First of all, let me just say Donald, you're right as usual, but here's a positive front. I wouldn't uh personally, this is personal, I wouldn't give up everything to do this kind of work to be a full-time activist if I thought there was no hope. I have a daughter, young daughter, and um one of the things that I always said is, you know what? Uh, our forefathers, meaning my father, my mother, They have all left us in a better condition because of the work they did than they were. And my goal as well is to do the same. I will be damned if I move from another country into a democracy and watch it turn itself into a fascist state. And there are a lot of us who feel that way. And that's why we do what we do. So um, while I agree with you with throw the parrot up there, I'm going to say, no, Donald, no, I understand that right now the parrot is up there. And we are going to reconstitute the eagle. And thanks for reminding me that the eagle is the bird, buddy. You know, like I said, I know you're going to make me look foolish, but hey, it's the, OK.
2: Where are the Benjamin Franklin's at? Where are the Benjamin Franklin's at? There They've go. got to be up there. Somebody's got to No, 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 wait. Up.
0: Stop, Donald. Stop. Stop, brother. Stop. Go look in the mirror. All right. Go look in the (laughs) mirror. Go look in the mirror. Because the fact that you see the problem and you're doing something about the problem, you are our you are our Benjamin Franklin or whoever it is that's going to start making things better. And that goes for everybody that's listening, that 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 thinks we need to go the different way. We're going to go the different way because of you. Thank you, Brother Donald. All right, later. Take care, buddy. Let's go to my brother in Ray Third Ward. Right, should say, my brother in Third Ward, Ray. Come on in, Ray. How you doing?
6: Buenos dias,
0: oh, mi hermano. Hey, man.
6: You know what? I'm loving the energy on this uh, radio show today. You know, I bring a different energy. Um, I'm bringing the WWE energy this morning. And, Let's you know, have it. Uh, listening to, yeah, so listening to Brother Johnny every morning I hear him, it makes me think about this uh, wrestler who was part of a tag team called the Dudley Boys. And every time his brother, uh, Bubba Ray, would uh, finish a promo, he would say, oh, my brother, testify. And that's what I want. <laughs> I always want to I wish somebody would just come behind Johnny and say, testify, you know? <laughs> and then, well, you I just did. One, I, you just I, did, Ray. Okay. Well, there you go, brother Johnny. One more. I, I got one more. I got a riddle for you. Let uh, me hear in it. A, uh, respect of um, what does The Rock say? The Rock says, do you know who is going to be president in 2024?
0: Okay. I'm I'm not going to even try. I'm going to let you finish that.
6: It doesn't matter. The Rock says it doesn't matter who's going to be president in 2024. Uh, Because what matters is that we as progressives reignite the progressive movement and make sure that we load up the Congress, which has ultimate power over the executive and the judicial. and. At that point, whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden or one of these other blowhards who claims that they have the qualifications to be president, if you have a Congress that basically is passing progressive law, what are they going to? They're going to veto every single bill that comes to their desk?
0: I don't think so. I I love what you just said, Ray. I love what you just said. In other words, don't just sweat the presidency. Let's get the damn work done because we may not win all the uh, the positions that we need to win, including not necessarily the presidency. But by gosh, we can win mostly everything because we are where the people really are. I love that, Ray. I love that. Yeah, man, right?
6: it's it's that simple. It's It, it really is. I'm
0: still, yes, I'm still I, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Ray. We need to not just be hyperventilating about the presidency. We need to hyperventilate on every single position of power in the country. And not only at the Congress level, not only at the Senate level, but at every and absolutely every level. You know, sometimes we always need to get back to perspective and not just concentrate on, 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 you know, that major thing. Good, good point, brother. Good point.
6: Anything else before I move on? Yeah, um, I want to put a little, a, n- a little nugget of uh, a little seed of doubt in my MAGA friends' mind. Yes, Donald Trump. However much they might they may admire him, just look at the leaders that he admires. Uh, namely, I'm going to say Xi Jinping, Kim Jong Il. Now, these people claim that they hate a certain ideology. What ideology do these leaders have in common? I'll leave you with that nugget of energy. I'll leave you with that nugget to to just chew on for a moment and think about if he gets back into power, you may think you're getting one thing, but be careful what you wish for. You may get another. You nailed you it. Thank you very much. Ray. Ray, my brother from
0: Third Ward. Thank you so kindly for those comments. Let's go to Brother Derek. Come on in, Derek. How are you doing today, sir?
2: Hey, good morning. How are you doing, the brother? I'm uh, doing
0: fine, my friend. Talk uh, to me.
2: You know, yes, sir. You know, Public Amy used to have a song that would say, Y'all watch out for the night train. See, I've always said about Joe Manchin that he was nothing but a dictator. Parading in Democratic clothes. Now, we just had the uh censure vote on uh on, on Rashida Tlaib, right? Yes. But but notice there was twenty two Democrats that voted with the Republicans. I yes. say watch out for the night train. And you need to find out if Joe Manchin's name was part of that twenty two that sign get all their names, because I'm telling you, make as as the Republicans won't wanna take back America for themselves, you also got those Dixiecrats acting in concerted effort with them.
0: That's all I you know, that. Uh two two things, Derek. One, uh Manchin couldn't vote. It was it was a House vote, so Manchin is a senator. But let me just say one thing that you, you nailed right. as far as the twenty-two Democrats that voted to censor uh censure um Rashida Talib. Uh, they were all very huge recipients of monies from AIPAC. I don't know if you know the Minnesota, the, wow. the Miniso- the Minnesota congressperson person uh, shouted out recently, I don't care to hell with AIPAC. In other words, I'm not going to let them continue to buy my vote. I'm going to do what's humane, what's ethical, and I won't do that. I've done like four pieces on Rashida Talib on the um, on my three o'clock program. I hadn't done it here, but Rashida Talib is a the the attack on Rashida Talib was a danger sign. In fact, just last night I did a piece that says, uh, "To for all practical purposes, I feel Rashida's pain because Rashida is watching the pain that." uh for the for the for the savagery of what Hamas did to 1400 right. innocent israelis uh 11,000 plus of innocent palestinians are paying the price and growing at this rate in the next right. 3 weeks we'll be talking about over 25,000 uh palestinians dead because of what the, these people have done. I, if one thing we can show is that this tit for tat isn't making anything any better. So I feel Rashida's pain just like she feels it because my my original country folk in Panama had to watch uh, thousands of Panamanians die indiscriminately because we wanted to get Manuel Antonio Noriega here in the United States. Uh, it it, it ha- and, and what I wrote in the article last night is, we have lost the moral authority to tell Israel, stop killing innocent Palestinians, given that our modus operandi has been the same. When for one person, we don't, you know, I think Colin Powell called the Panamanians collateral damage. Is colon power one of the others? Collateral damage. When you treat people as collateral damage to to get your 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 goal at all costs, be careful. Anything else, Derek? Before I move on, Derek. Okay, we may have some problems with Derek's phone. Let's go ahead and uh, I think Derek is done. Derek, thank you for the call. Very important. All right. um, I I want to continue with the article that that I got before the the calls came in. 713-526-5738 is the number, extension number two. 713-526-5738, extension number two. Right now, I continue the article. The article, remember, the premise of the article is that the mainstream media is much too timid. Not only are they timid, but their timidity is actually going to cost us as a country. Uh, Folks, uh, if I don't get to finish it, all links are at politicsunright.com slash newsletter because I got to go to Moses right now. Come on in, my dear Moses.
5: Buenos dias, mi hermana.
0: Como estas, mi hermana? Talk to me.
5: Bien. Okay, I'll go quickly because, okay, this is what I'm saying. The Middle East debacle may not hamper the presidency because I think after the furor of pain that the people are feeling over the Middle East right now, they will calm down and they will see that the Republican threat before them is the same that threatened to bring Israel where it is today under Netanyahu. Because look what Netanyahu did. He shut down the, the, the Supreme Court of Israel so he could right. do what he had to do. And so now some Israelis saw it and they were demonstrating against it, but nobody was listening to them. So this is what is happening. We better take Israel as the, as the model. The Republican Party is setting themselves up to do the same thing that Netanyahu did. Americans, open your eyes. I know we are all suffering and crying for what the result of um, Netanyahu in Israel. But open your eyes. The Republican Party under Donald Trump is setting themselves up to do us the same thing. Open your eyes in this country. Like we say back home, when your neighbor's house is on fire, Take water and wet yours, because no yours kidding. might be still just like this. And that's Moses, all
0: I have. Wait, Moses, don't leave yet. I have always, you know, I like, I am, I'm a discerner of accents. Even right here in the United States, I can kind of tell if you're from the Dakotas, if you're from Minnesota, or if you're from Canada or whatever. But I, 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 it, even as I have my Caribbean English, I haven't yet figured yours
5: <laughs> I'm I my accent is in the um in the um the eastern Caribbean. Where is it from? Eastern Caribbean, British the British the, the um independent island, British island on in the okay. Eastern Caribbean.
0: Okay, all right. You're not gonna tell me specifically, but that's good enough. I, I I knew it, but I'm still trying to centralize it and I'll eventually get it. I'll eventually get it.
5: <laughs> i'll give i'll leave you I, like i used to tell my students i'll give you two weeks to figure out the reason
0: <laughs> okay i will do that my friend thank you so kindly for the call 713-526-5738 extension number two i'll guess your accent welcome to the chat jay as well as uh brother Eric Hayes. Great having you guys talk in the chat. A lot of good conversation in there. You guys should uh, join them as well. Anyway, folks, um, uh, let me continue with a piece of this article that I that I, that I find intriguing. But I, I'm glad to see where they're going. It says right now, Ground Zero is the horrific conflict in the Middle East. We're bombing by Israel in response to a violent Hamas terror, uh, attack on October 7th is killing thousands of children. Yet too many newsrooms adopt a passive voice to describe the bloodshed or who is to blame for the attacks. It can be hard times to distinguish what is real. Explosion at Gaza refugee camp leaves massive crater was the BBC headline for an Israeli bombing that killed or wounded scores of civilians. And what is sad satire? The onions take the onion stands with Israel because it seems like you get in less trouble that way. <laughs> Felt more honest and hurtful than many serious news headlines. So, in other words, the onion, if for you don 't know who the onion is, the onion is is the best satire rag on the planet, okay, and that was the their their satire was closer to the truth than the headlines out of the BBC a rather progressive type of news agency. What worries me even more according to the article, frankly is how the push. How to oh, the push not to offend with Middle East news coverage is emblematic of a bigger trend of newsroom timidity and even rank cowardice that also permeates domestic news coverage at a moment when right-wing extremists are controlling the U.S. House and are on track to regain the White House and full governmental control in a chaotic election year. The mainstream elite media seems especially flummoxed by the new Republican House Speaker, Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Johnson was an obscure backbencher on Capitol Hill and remains a man of mystery with no apparent bank account or tangible assets. But the extremism of his Christian nationalist view more radical than anything seen in american history finish the article at politicsandright.com slash uh n- newsletter because i need to go to nikki come on in nikki
7: good morning Buenos good dias. morning how
0: are you what? i'm fine nikki talk to me my dear sister
7: Great, great. So a couple things. Um I stumbled upon this program by mistake and I heard my coworker speaking on it, Gonzalo. So I've been listening kind of ever since then. I really enjoyed the show. Um great information. Um, I wanted to know how can I listen to it like if I'm already at work. And I'm not in my vehicle. Is there a way to listen
0: to this? Oh, absolutely. Go to, if you want to listen to it live, you can go to kpft.org and stream it right at your computer or on your phone. You can also uh, get, Podcast by, uh, for it by going to politicsandright.com slash, uh, podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube by going to politicsandright.com slash TV. So there are a lot of ways to do it. Uh, you can also drop me a line at KPFT at com. That is KPFT at politicsandright.com. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. We tell you what's coming on every morning. It goes out at five in the morning, and we also send you some other stuff. So, I mean, um, Please join the full. We have this okay. thing called the PDR Posse, where people are informed from what we talk about. Go ahead, Nikki.
7: Okay. Okay, beautiful. Um, two other things. I want to say testify, testify brother Ray from Third Ward. Um, good information. And Moses, I'm gonna bet that Moses's um accent is from Barbados.
0: Okay. <laughs> I love it. So you took you took the plunge, Nikki. <laughs>
7: I did, I did, but we'll see when Miss Moses calls back. Um, right. Madam Moses calls back. Um, just want to tell you, thank you, and is there still an opportunity? I missed uh, the fundraiser. Is there still an opportunity to uh, participate in, in donation?
0: You can always go to kpft.org and donate that button. That never goes away because public media always need your support. So please go to, um, remember please. to select... I remember to select that it's uh, for politics and right. And I just told that I got a wrap now. So thank you so kindly, Nikki. Okay. Anyway, folks, you. You. my name is Egberta Willis. This is politics and right. And you guys know how I end this baby. Thank you, everybody. I am what? Out!